0: Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. At a time when Native voices are fighting the last remaining holdouts of objectionable sports mascots, some other teams and individual athletes are taking a new tack and presenting appropriate and honorable Native themes. The NBA's Phoenix Suns are taking the court with new uniforms with images and colors that celebrate their state's tribes. And other athletes are working with Native artists on graphics that complement their competitive spirit. We'll hear about the ideas behind these creative outlets in public competition.
1: This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. This week in California, state lawmakers broke ground on a statute of a Miwok cultural leader. It's located at the state's Capitol Park, where a statute of a Catholic missionary once stood. Christina honested reports. California Native tribes and state lawmakers gathered at Capitol Park in Sacramento for the groundbreaking of a statue, paying tribute to a Northern California Miwok tribe. The new statue will replace a statue of Unipero Serra, who founded the mission system in California that enslaved Native Americans. It was torn down in 2020. Assemblyman James Ramos is the only Native American in the state legislature.
0: We can now commit ourselves to changing the why behind a shameful history. A shameful history that needs to come forward. A shameful history that needs to be taught in history books. A shameful history that needs to be attested to in the college system. But also, we need to make sure that we lift up our elders and our ancestors and the resiliency that runs deep within us to make sure their voice is always being heard. Because that's the reason we're here today.
1: The statue will honor a Northern California Miwok leader and cultural dancer, Bill Franklin. I'm Christina Onestead, reporting from California for National Native News. In Southeast Alaska, Monday, a number of Native organizations celebrated Walter Soboleff Day. The Tlingit leader was born on November 14th, 1908, and was the first Alaska Native person to be ordained as a minister in the Presbyterian Church. The Alaska Heritage Institute observed his birthday with a panel discussion in Juneau about the Presbyterian Church's decision to close Sobolev's church in 1963. After the church was torn down, services moved to the Northern Light United Presbyterian Church, which had a mostly white congregation. Sobolev, who gave sermons in his native language, never spoke out against the church. Earlier this year, the Native Ministries Committee from Northern Light successfully petitioned national Presbyterian leaders to make a formal apology. But Myra Munson, an attorney who worked with the group, fought for more than an apology. But if that's all it is, does it mean anything? In a recent agreement, the church will receive a million dollars over the coming years to make reparations, money that will be spent to promote healing and education about the harm of racism. Rosita Worrell, president of sea Alaska Heritage Institute, thanked the Native Ministries Committee for their work. I know that this story, the story of Dr. Soboloff, uh, the things that happened to him and what you have done, you know, to rectify those wrongs will be living on through our children as they learn about our history. As part of the reparations, the church has also been renamed Kunehidi, which means House of Healing. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is traveling to New Mexico and Arizona this week to meet tribal leaders. The secretary wants to draw awareness to road safety issues which impact tribal communities disproportionately. According to the U.S. Department of Transportation, American Indian and Alaska Native people have roadway fatality rates more than double the national rate on a per-population basis. He'll discuss roadway safety and talk about plans to invest in local infrastructure. I'm Antonia Gonzalez.
2: National Native News is produced by Kiwanaka Broadcast Corporation, with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. November is National Epilepsy Awareness Month. Did you know one in ten people will have a seizure? Call 1-800-332-1000 to learn more. The Epilepsy Foundation supports this show. You've probably seen those car ads. Low price, low payments. But when you get to the dealer, there could be a catch. If a dealer isn't honest when it comes to its car ads, tell the Federal Trade Commission at reportfraud.ftc.gov. Support by the Federal Trade Commission.
3: Native Voice 1, the Native American Radio Network.
0: This is Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. The NBA's Phoenix Suns are debuting new uniforms and on-court graphics in collaboration with a Navajo artist that celebrates Arizona tribes. They also include cultural references to tribes elsewhere. It's a refreshing shift at a time when some schools and professional sports teams continue to ignore pressure to dispense with problematic Native mascots and imagery. The Suns are one standout, but there are also individual athletes who are working with Native artists to create appropriate designs that complement their uniforms and equipment. In this hour, we'll talk with Native artists about incorporating Native pride into sports team branding. You can join us. Do you know a team or athlete who does a good job of representing Indigenous heritage on the court, field, or ice? Give us a call at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Talking with us live from Phoenix, Arizona is Sean Martinez. He's the Senior Director of Live Presentation for the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, and he's Dene. Sean, welcome to Native America Calling.
4: Yeah, hey, it's good to be here. Uh, very excited about today. I had an originative eve last night and it woke up and felt
0: like Christmas today. <laughs> <laughs> well yate to you as well and sean I'm a senior director live presentation nba wnba this just sounds like a really fun job you have
4: oh my goodness it's a dream job dream job definitely i've been in the league i'm going in, i'm in my 20th season right now and it's just been an amazing journey to go through the denver nuggets for 12 years spent six years with the detroit pistons and now i'm back home with the home team the phoenix suns Wow. Wow.
0: Are, are, do you know of any other Native people that have jobs like this working with uh, NBA and uh, well NBA teams?
4: I believe in my uh, game presentation meeting every week, I don't see not very many in this position as a senior director of live presentation. I don't see. I'm sure they would reach out to me and let me know what's happening and what's going on, because I'm definitely proud of my heritage and I wear it. On my chest, every game and everywhere I go, they know I'm always representing wearing my protection stone wherever I go.
0: (laughs) All right. All right. Well, the Phoenix Suns are are making a bold statement with these new city edition uniforms. Can you share the details on the branding? What, What makes it so unique?
4: Oh, my goodness. Yes. Everything about the jersey is unbelievable. I think the most important thing that we, during the pandemic, reached out to all 22 tribes to get their word for the sun. So, down the tape, down the side of the jersey, you will see in all 22 tribal nations from Arizona, their word for the sun. So, the players will have that on the jersey as they play. There's also a a feather medicine wheel with 22 representational feathers that represent all 22 tribes as well which is also complemented by the court they're going to play on, as that will be at center court. The words will also be on the court. The color turquoise is the jersey, the protection stone, also has uh, 22 arrowheads on the shorts as well, and a sash, a Native American sash design for the belt. Uh, just unbelievable, the work that was put into this. I mean, I wasn't even with the sons when we started the design work. Um, Graham Wincott, who is the senior director of marketing here, reached up to me while I was in Detroit and just was, started asking me questions about what direction we should go, who they should talk to, like what is going on with everything in the Native American community at, at the time. And he asked me about my, it, he didn't know it was my co- my high school coach at the time. He's like, Do you know Raul Mendoza? I'm like, yeah, I know Raul Mendoza. That's my high school coach. He goes, oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> just <laughs> a coincidence that he was my high school coach and We just kept going from there, started talking about all the different tribes, who to reach out to, who to talk to, uh, just connect with. And I wasn't even working for the Suns at the time, like I said. And it was during the pandemic, all of a sudden the job opened up, and Graham reached back out to me and said, hey, the job opened up. It was the third time I had applied for it, and it was just a blessing to be able to come back to the home team. It was meant to be because this day, today, when they're going to wear the jersey for the first time on the court, on ESPN, but we will give talking points to the announcers so they can talk about everything about the Jersey and amplify the voice of all 22 tribes in this state. We're just so excited. And I'm so excited to be a part of it because it it took some time for me to get back home. And now I'm here. And today is the day, like I said, it felt like Christmas. I couldn't sleep last night. I called it originative Eve. Uh, That's Uh. what what the name of the whole program is called originative. The original 22 native American tribes of Arizona. We're very excited
0: super super exciting super exciting uh we've got another guest who's, who's part of this collaboration down there in phoenix uh and he's in phoenix right now jeremy donovan arviso he's an artist and designer jeremy is danae hopi pima and tahana otham jeremy welcome to native america calling as well
5: hey good morning sean it's a pleasure to be here
0: Jeremy, it's a pleasure to have you. And this all just sounds so over the top—these uh, new uniforms, all the branding. You're part of this whole project with the Phoenix Suns. Tell us more about your role.
5: Oh my God, it's literally a dream job. Uh, just like Sean was explaining, um, to be able to have a seat at the table to even, you know, talk about design with the Phoenix Suns creative team was something that. I've been working my whole career for. You know, I grew up watching the Phoenix Suns. I am a huge fan, first and foremost, and uh, just to be with them and, you know, talk about this project, which was very, you know, sensitive and secretive at the time. It was, uh, I can't explain the feeling. It was uh, very emotional and uh, very powerful and also what. I think everybody in the arena is going to feel tonight is uh, very inspiring. Uh, You know, a lot of pride and just uh, the recognition, you know, is uh, Mm -hmm. probably going to bring a lot of people to tears. And uh, my role was, um, you know, uh, I was part of a group called, I'm a part of a group called Cahokia. So I can't take the credit on a lot of this stuff because it's really a, a team collaborative effort.
0: So you're you're part of this group, and um, I understand a, a, it's a Navajo woman that that actually designed the jersey or, or did the logo and some other people as well. So, uh, Jeremy, when did you come on board with the project?
5: We came on board. It's myself, Unique Yazi, and Paul Molina. We were selected by the Phoenix Suns creative team to spearhead this project to come up with the name originative that is the name of the program um, using the branding colors that they had established on the existing jerseys and uh, apparel that had already been created they pretty much shared the whole you know branding suite with us and gave us free reign to use whatever they had already created to Make something for them to use as a branding kit that they can, you know, make all of the posters, all of the media that you see in the arena, all of the media online. Uh, we were given the task of identifying 22, uh, you know, tribal designs that we wanted to make sure weren't sacred and uh, for ceremonial use. So there was a lot of data collection, a lot of research. That went into appropriating the right designs that uh, were deemed, uh, you know, okay to use for something like this. So this was a project that took months. It wasn't just something that we we're like, oh, hey, you know, let's let's take these mm-hmm. and use these and use these. It was a, a very well thought out, um, you know, management of assets that we had to go through literally and scour, identify, and uh, Really, do the knowledge, and all three of us came out knowing so much more about our own states, tribes. You know, all 22. It was a uh, a big undertaking, and it was very, very enlightening.
0: It sounds uh, just just absolutely wonderful. Uh, what can you tell us about about the artist who designed the jersey? Uh, she actually
5: is a I believe she is located in Oregon, and she collaborated with Nike in seven. To uh, help develop that design and when we first seen it we were all blown away because, first because of its color you know it's very not a part of the Sun's branding uh, you know at all which was really cool uh, we love the, the black uh, sunburst on the chest once they started to really go into the nitty-gritty and showing us all the details we realized that it was something that had taken a while um the presentation that the creative team uh did for us was one that really blew us away you know it was very impressive they did their due diligence and really just you know you could tell they did their homework you know uh Mm -hmm. but there was still some key pieces to the you know the whole program that they were missing one the name um, two, how they were going to roll it out, you know, uh, and three, who they were going to use. So pretty much what we did, uh, myself, Unique, and Paul, is we put together a three-part presentation introducing ourselves as artists and designers and what we do in our own respective careers and pretty much put it into a package saying, this is what we can do for you. And uh, it worked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like it worked in a, in a, in a big, big way. Uh, we got to take a break here in about another minute. But, but Sean, I want to ask you quickly, um, these jerseys, they're going to be uh, premiered tonight on the court. Uh, is this a one time deal? Is, are they only going to wear is the team only going to wear these uniforms this one game? Or will they potentially wear them periodically throughout the season?
4: we are going to wear these 10 times at home and the court will be laid down 10 times and i believe seven times on the road at uh, some of the major native american markets across the country uh, minnesota denver milwaukee uh oklahoma city uh definitely want to try to get these jerseys out i mean the, the word is out the jerseys are out the buzz is going crazy and i wore the jersey in dc at the uh, smithsonian and people are just so excited so 10 games at home, and then seven on the road. Uh, they will wear them on Christmas Day in Denver, which will be very cool. While people are watching from home, they will see the turquoise sun's jersey.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Just just too, too fascinating. Folks, uh, we are talking about the intersection of native culture and art and sports branding. And uh, we have two gentlemen that are Uh, dialed in with this new project with the Phoenix Suns they're unveiling new uniforms and new branding tonight uh, center court folks if you want to get on this conversation give us a call we'll be right back Lakota tribes commissioned the crazy horse memorial before World War II the ambitious project has been in the works ever since now, for the first time, a Native administrator, who is not the original sculptor's family, is overseeing the foundation working in the monument and affiliated institutions. We'll hear from Whitney Rencounter and others about the future of the Crazy Horse Memorial.
2: Did you know more than 51,000 Native and Indigenous people are living with epilepsy in the United States? Epilepsy is a neurological disorder that causes recurring, sudden, unprovoked surges of abnormal electrical activity in the brain. Call 1-800-332-1000 to get information and resources. Help someone you know by learning seizure first aid at epilepsy.com slash first aid. The Epilepsy Foundation supports this show.
0: You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're talking about indigenous art on the basketball court, the hockey rink, and other sports venues. Does your favorite team implement tribal designs on the court? Please join our conversation. We're at 1-800-996-2848. Once again, that number is 1-800-996-2848. Our phone lines are open, so if you have a question, if you've got a comment, if you want to give a shout-out to any of our guests today, just give us a call. 1-800-996-2848. We're speaking now with both Sean Martinez and Jeremy Donovan Arviso. They're down in Phoenix, Arizona, and they are part of this big, big collaborative that's uh, being unveiled tonight. The Phoenix Suns uh, are displaying new uniforms as well as team branding, all geared around these really, really exciting Indigenous designs. And uh, Jeremy, I want to ask you, because there's been so much criticism in recent years of professional sports teams and uh, their objectionable uses of Native American imagery and mascots. And what you folks are doing down there in Phoenix is you're just showing uh, everybody there's just a whole new way to celebrate and honor and recognize Native American imagery in professional sports. And what do you want folks to really understand? People that get at the game tonight or at any of these road games are going to see these uniforms, see this branding what do you want them to understand and know about Arizona tribes and native culture?
5: Uh, well, that's quite the question because uh, you know there's 22 tribes in Arizona and um, I'm comprised of only four of them. So I would only be speaking for myself. Uh, I am Diné, Hopi, Pima, and Pono Otham. I was born and raised here in Phoenix, Arizona. So, you know, the, there was so much that we learned in these past couple months about all of these tribes, where they come from, and Arizona's dynamic, uh, you know, landscape and uh, geographical location. The 22 tribes are so different from one another, and uh, what we want to do with this program is bring pride to every single one of them by including designs from their cultures that you will see in the arena graphics um, when you're at the game, uh, that you will see on the website, um, you know, when you're making t- ticket purchases on social media, what our intentions were is that uh, these tribes will see recognizable, you know, motifs, designs that will, you know, give them pride. Uh, it's it's a big undertaking and a big responsibility, you know, uh, to be put in that position, Uh very daunting, you know, but uh, we stepped up to the challenge. And uh, between the three of us, we were able to, you know, bounce ideas from each other. And then we'd present to the Sun's creative team. And Sean, of course, uh, he was pretty much the wrangler on this whole project, was able to gather a very diverse group of creatives that are all uh, of Indigenous descent to come up with this. So, it is literally more than just visual. It also includes uh, sound. You know, we have uh, music, uh, we have um, you know movement. We've got uh, so many different aspects of this program that you really have to see in person uh, than just to explain uh, in words. It's it's uh, it's originative. So it's 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 big.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds really big. And and Sean, I want to ask you because it's uh, like Jeremy mentions, there's so many components to, to this, uh, this branding and uh, on the website, you folks have a, a really, really cool video uh, of young kids playing ball and you've got team players and it's just, uh, it's so, so beautiful. And, and there's a really cool image of all the team or a, a bunch of the players and, and they're hanging out with the kids and, and they're just, it just looks so natural and, and so real and, and just, like I said earlier, like, you know, just so much negative attention has been focused on some of these sports teams in recent years. And uh, what you folks are doing there in Phoenix is you're showing people that there's a different way to do this. And uh, are, are you hoping that other teams, and not just in the NBA, but in other professional sports leagues, will look to the Phoenix Suns as an example of how to appropriately demonstrate and celebrate Native American images and culture?
4: absolutely 100 percent that's what this is all about amplifying all our voices being in three different markets um when i started in denver i was definitely had our native american heritage night i brought in all the powwow dancers drum groups and had an mc educate people on why we're wearing regalia why we're singing this song what this is about what are the different styles of dance here started with that in denver and kept that going and then When I went to Detroit, it took a while to find where all the natives were. So I had to go up north a little bit, went to the Sag (laughs) Chip Res and uh, met a bunch of people up there. They made me feel at home, got invited to the picnic, had some res food. So it was amazing. Been there, I was there six years and we did a couple nights. The first time we did our Native American Heritage Night there, which they've never done in Detroit, Um, we brought in MC1 and Superman. We had them do their song One World, and we also brought out the wow dancers to dance with them. So it was our, it was amazing just to collab with them and do that. And then the next year we did a a Powwow style halftime along with an MC who could explain what we're doing, why we're dancing, what we're wearing, like just educating fans so they they understand and and know that we're still here and we can tell the story of what we're about. And then coming back home, it was just unbelievable because. I knew a lot more people. I knew quite a few people in the city back home on the res, you know, growing up on the res in Fort Defiance, just making those connections. Our first Native American Heritage Night was just like tears in everybody's eyes because we, we hung all 22 Tribal Nations flags in the pavilion, representation as Tribal members walked in. They were just like blown away with that first, just to walk in from street to seat. We we're making sure they could feel the power of what we're trying to do and tell our story having a Native American DJ out on the pavilion playing as people walk in. And when they walk in, all the branding that's done for the night, from the LEDs to the center hung, it's all catered and done the right way to welcome all the Native American tribes that are coming to the game. But those are the kind of little things that we just made sure we wanted to do it the right way, starting from two and a half years ago when this thing came to life and started growing, working with all the different tribal nations, showing the first iterations of the jersey to jonathan nez to governor lewis to uh, the apache tribe with nabby as well getting nabby involved because they're a 20-year partner of ours just making sure they had their eyes on it and they can give us their takes on that and then coming full circle around we got intertribal council we're meeting with them we're presenting to the whole 21 tribes that are involved with that and then we reached out to cahokia like just building and getting close to all these groups including phoenix indian center making sure they all had a voice and they could see it and say hey here's what we can do what if we tried this what if we went with this and jeremy and his crew unique and melody and cahokia and paul just been so amazing to work with them i'm so glad we connected with them because they're really connected to the younger generation we were connected with the with the traditional now it's all coming together but all of us had our voice and we could put our input into this and just coming to this day it's just unbelievable. Ten nights. Let me just let me just tell you about the lineup. Sahara <laughs> Hodges is going to sing the anthem and tonight okay. in Navajo. We have all 22 tribal leaders at halftime that will be here. We're going to honor them and present them with a gift. Next game, we have Martha Ludlow, Tahana Otum singing the anthem in her tribal language. We've got Indigenous Enterprise going halftime. Kenneth and the Pow Wow crew are going to come in and do their thing. For the Laker game, we got Candace Thickclay going to sing in White Mountain Apache. Halftime will be a uh, q uh, Apache Crown Dancers doing halftime. Like, when is that ever going to happen? I mean, we're just making it happen, I'm making the connections, <laughs> amplifying the voice. As you can tell, I'm getting excited because okay. I'm Sean, probably going to cry
0: 20 times. I, I just got a quick question for you. And uh, I, I would imagine that these um, these New Jerseys, they're, they're, they're going to be for sale. And I'm curious, will a portion of proceeds go to supporting Native programs and, and other causes?
4: We didn't go that route with this. What we did is we went through our social responsibility team and we got approved by the Sun Foundation. We are donating $10,000 to all 22 tribes. So they're going to get that and they're going to put it to. What they need help with in their community. So that's been approved. It's money. That's already there. That's going to go out to them. There'll probably be a big announcement about that, but we didn't want it to rely on something that you don't know the number and what it's going to be. So we got $10,000 that's going to go out to each community. And they can put it into what they need the most help with. Like, sure, we can put a court up and put basketballs, send basketballs, do this and that. But we wanted them to use the money for what they need the most help with.
0: All right. Well, we're talking with Sean Martinez. He's a senior director of live presentation for the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. And Jeremy Donovan Arviso, artist and designer. And both of them are involved in this new branding initiative with the Phoenix Suns. Let's head north now to talk some ice hockey. Joining us from Toronto in Ontario, Canada is Patrick Hunter. He's a two-spirit woodland artist and graphic designer, and he's Ojibwe. Patrick, welcome to Native America Calling. Thanks for having me. Um
6: your last guests, I'm not sure how I'm gonna follow that, but uh I kinda wanna I wanna go. <laughs> so Where's yeah, yeah. gonna happen? I'm coming.
0: Hey, you bet, you bet, and I'm a big hockey fan, but I understand you're not a hockey fan which you are a fan of collaborating with NHL goalies to design native theme face masks. So, wow, Patrick, that's a pretty exclusive clientele. How'd you get into the NHL market?
5: Well,
6: it's not the best store. Like it, Instagram, I'm so grateful that I, you know, it exists. I was kind of reached out to by uh at liaison to the, the Chicago Blackhawks and I thought it was kind of spam mail at first or you know cause just because the words were do you want to work with the national sports team and I was like you know yeah sure I'll bite and then turns out it was the Blackhawks and they had uh, a big ign- initiative where they wanted to have a land acknowledgement play before their home game um, in early 2021 and that's kind of how it got started. And then from there, uh, they had also asked if if I would be willing to do a goalie mask. Um, and I'm all, I'm always game for a challenge, so I accepted. And and it's it's worked out so far.
0: Well, for anybody who's not a hockey fan, NHL goalie masks for a long time have been these beautiful, beautiful uh, ta- um, palettes for for these amazing designs. And every goalie has like a special mask, and, and some of them have animals, some of them have designs, they're all really colorful, they're really bright, they're really vibrant, and um, you created one for for Marc-Andre Fleury, who was the former Blackhawks goalie, and I mean, he's a legend in the sport. He's a st- multiple Stanley Cup champion, I mean, he's just a, a big, big player, and was that your first NHL mask, the one you did for Marc-Andre Fleury?
6: I mean, yeah, I've heard he, he's done a lot for hockey. And um, yeah, he was the first one, um, and I actually got to meet him earlier this year, and uh, it was really cool just to to design something for someone who is so revered in in hockey culture. And uh, originally, when I when I was asked if I would do it, I, I told my very straight friend I was like, I, "They want me to do a, a goalie mask for a guy named Mark Fleury." He's like, um, "Excuse me, it's Mark Andre Fleury." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, sorry, <laughs> copy that." Um, So, yeah, now I've been starting to to learn a little bit more about about the game. I mean, I'm from Northwestern Ontario uh, in Canada, very hockey town, um, but it's just too cold up there to (laughs) want to go outside and skate. So, I just wasn't really involved in it. But, um, you know, as in America, or sorry, as in the US, you know, Canada has such a reverence for hockey, and a lot of people that grew up in these small towns. You know, that's what their aspiration is to do is to go play for the NHL to kind of keep playing hockey. And it, it feels really good to contribute to that uh, community in like a, a very positive way using the things that I'm good at, which is artwork.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds like uh, just such a great opportunity. And, and the Chicago Blackhawks, they they have um they, they've come under some scrutiny because of their team name and their logo. Not not quite to the degree that some of these other teams have. Um but they have faced some criticism. And so tell us more about, about the mask, because you've created a, a couple of them. You did one for Marc Andre Florian. Now he's no longer with the Blackhawks. They have a new goalie, Alex Stalock. And I believe you made a mask for him as well. So tell us a little bit about what these masks look like and, and how they are a celebration of, of not only your indigenous heritage, but also just um, a, a way to project that to NHL fans and spectators.
6: Yeah, so the first one for Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, you know, it's a black mask with um, seven grandfather teaching feathers on top of it, um, which also kind of represent the team itself, but then also, you know, the Three Fires Confederacy, the nations that um, are surrounded are surrounding Chicago. And, and then kind of under that, <laughs> if you guys can use your imagination, there's um a lot of in, like excuse me, indigenous florals, Ojibwe florals, um, under that, that, you know, people along the Great Lakes, the communities around here would have traded or had those motifs put onto, you know, whether it be boots like mukluks or or moccasins, like the little slippers. Um, And, you know, I thought, why not try and, and kind of speak to a lot of people that live around these areas and, you know, you know, picking symbols that, that try and speak to um the the nations that are around the Great Lakes. So that was for for Marc-Andre Fleury and then for Alex. Um I just got to talk to him a couple months ago on the phone, which was kind of like a funny conversation to ask like a grown man, like, um, like what's your favorite color? Like do you have a favorite animal? <laughs> like what's your favorite do you have a memory that you like? And you know, as I, I didn't really think that much about it at the time, but then as I was saying these words to him, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is <laughs> to ask a grown man these kinds of things uh seems a little silly but um it worked out and his mask um, looks pretty cool it's um you know a white background with a, re- a red cage and he's big into hunting and um has a lot of memories with his brother doing that and you know i asked had to ask if he was a element in nature what would that be um and he it was water like he spends a lot of time fishing but then also you know as a hockey player they play on ice so um putting those types of elements into the the mask and make it a little bit more personal for him to wear was the goal. And again, you know, with that sort of indigenous kind of flair to it, um, to, you know, try and right some of the wrongs or, or, or um, try and steer the conversation in, in a different direction and, and more towards reconciliation rather than, you know, Shame, uh, which is not a great place to try and teach people. You know, if they don't know something, if a lot of the fans of the, the Blackhawks, you know, maybe for instance, don't know that Blackhawk was a person. Like, there are ways to teach and inform fans rather than shaming them for what they don't know. So I think having these types of things like helmets or land acknowledgements is a is a way to show people, you know, or make them ask questions. Like, where does this artwork come from? What was, you know, this was a person? What like. It's it might seem trite, but it's it's working. You know, people are asking questions, and we're talking about it right now.
0: Yeah, we sure are. And, and I want to talk with you more uh, about the the land acknowledgement because I know that the Chicago Blackhawks uh, released a video that that um, demonstrates that land acknowledgement. I want to ask you more about that, Patrick, uh, when we come back from our break, but. For folks that want to get in on this conversation today, we're talking about native arts, native artists and professional sports teams, the branding and and how to incorporate native designs and imagery in a respectful way into these different sports brands, uh, NBA, NHL, we're talking sports today, so if you've got a question, if you've got a comment, if uh, you've got anything to say about sports brands and how they incorporate native imagery, what what you like about some teams' uh, native imagery, maybe what you don't like, give us a call. We're at 1-800-996-2848. That phone number again, 1-800-996-2848. Give us a call. What are you waiting for? Our producers are waiting right by those phones. 1-800-996-2848. More with Patrick Hunter right after this break.
3: Yaday, enroll in health care coverage through CMS today and keep your health protected all year long. Contact your local Indian health care provider for more information. Visit healthcare.gov or call 1-800-318-2596. A message
0: from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Sports teams showing Native pride is our focus today. How are your local teams celebrating Native heritage this month? Give us a call, join the conversation, 1-800-996-2848, or just 1-800-99-NATIVE. We're speaking with Patrick Hunter. He is an Ojibwe woodland artist and graphic designer who has recently designed a couple of face masks for goaltenders uh, of the NHL's uh, Chicago Blackhawks, and Patrick, before break, you mentioned uh, the land acknowledgement, and the Chicago team has produced this really, really uh, nice video and acknowledging uh, the lands on which the team plays and travels. And also, there's some history there with Chief Blackhawk. I-, I watched, I thought it was really classy. And uh, were you involved in that project at all with the land acknowledgement?
6: It looks really cool. And for the listeners, if you just search Chicago Blackhawks land acknowledgement on YouTube, Um, you can see the whole thing. It's really well done. Um, I had uh, lent them some digital artwork um, for that. And I'm pretty sure that it's kind of cued into that video, but the real show is actually at the live game and it plays throughout the entire arena. So if you can imagine the United center, which holds like, you know, a couple more than a couple thousand people it's like 26,000 or something that plays on all the screens throughout the inside and the outside of the building and I actually got to go see that in person which was mind-blowing just to see like on a daily basis how many people are you know see it and then subsequently like ask questions like oh I didn't know about this or you know if they if they want to know where the artwork comes from that sort of stuff or want to know more about you know the nations around Chicago then the, the job is done, you know, it feels really good to use what I'm good at to help people kind of along their recon- reconciliatory path.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Patrick, um, those nhl goalies i mean they're they, those guys take a beating out there <laughs> they get hit with pucks all the time those face masks take a beating they get knocked around scratched up and then as new goalies come to the teams and, and they move around the league i'm thinking you could have a, a steady line of work here designing goalie masks for chicago goalies and maybe other teams as well i mean this sounds like a a, re- a really good gig for you
6: it's been um i've been lucky enough that you know it's worked out because i having not worked on a a goalie mask before it's a whole new surface and i mean a whole new when you look at other um goalie masks they they kind of have a look and and feel to them and i was like i don't know how to paint like that so i just was hoping for the best in what i did for mark-andre fleury and then not trying to top it but do something just as good for alex dalek and and I've been hearing just good things on social media about them. So, I'm pumped about that and it was really cool and it is really cool to see them um still wearing the helmets. Obviously, Mark is playing for a different or Mark Country Fleury, sorry, is playing for a different team, so he's not able to wear it. But um just seeing how many times he did wear it and how many times Alex still is wearing it like that just makes you feel so good and, you know, I if yeah, if anyone else wants a helmet, call me.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Patrick, congratulations on all of your success and, and wish you uh, all the best going forward with your with your goalie masks. Uh, we've got another guest who's also in Toronto, Ontario, but uh, we're going to go back and talk a little bit more NBA now with Mike Ivel. He is the owner and designer of Big Nish Brand. He's from the Chippewas of Georgina Island, First Nation. Mike, hello. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. And uh, I'm just really enjoying these conversations with uh, different Native artists. And I understand that you, uh, in collaboration with another Native artist, recently uh, created a new jersey for the NBA's Toronto Raptors.
3: Uh, So what it was is that it was me and another artist. Uh, His name is Casey Bannerman. Uh, He is not First Nations, but I I am, of course. (laughs)
5: Um,
3: And what had happened is that... uh, We decided that we wanted to kind of do a collaboration, and Fred Van Leet was on board with the whole thing. So we decided we we designed the jersey just in collaboration with Fred. It wasn't really part of the Raptors itself. So um, we came up with the jersey, and it's just like an old retro looking um, uh, Raptors jersey with all indigenous design on it, like all the designs I made and everything on there. Uh, There's a word on there that says Dwayden which which means north basically I think the translation was uh, go away to the north star from what I heard so I I mean all my art is is my process to uh get back to my culture because when I was growing up I didn't I didn't learn all of it so now I'm like learning a lot of things uh going through uh some teachings and stuff uh doing more my art
0: well, this sounds really, really exciting. Tell us more about the jersey. What, it, what is the design? Uh, I'm looking at it now online, and um, it's really colorful. Um, what does it represent?
3: So basically, it is the raptor, and I did it all in in, in a woodland style art that I, that I that I've been working with because, uh, like, when I started doing designs, uh, like I've always been basically doing sports designs like i started off doing hockey like i was always wanting to do hockey and like uh like your previous guesses like i, I kind of painted my own like goalie masks to look like the ones in the nhl and stuff like that too like just just so i could play in them and then uh you know high school and everything you know just doing all of that and uh, uh doing more art sports design so um the i i developed this like uh, woodland style art now because i didn't see it anywhere else I was looking all over the place and like people would use Haida stuff uh so you got like the Vancouver Canucks which has like that very Haida style um logo in it um then you also had like the Vancouver Grizzlies who had a lot of Haida influence on their designs except for the the bear itself and I actually made a a logo that's in the woodland style that looks like that that logo as well but um so I did that and so it's basically again just a translation to just just the raptor itself in in the woodland style. But then I also have what looks like he's holding the ball. So that ball also for me it represents the creator. So uh, and that's the, and it's touching it's touching parts of the, the raptor like his legs and stuff and his head and sort of thing. So it's like he's touching everything and the creator touches us and we are the creator and I am the creator sort of thing. It's like, we're all interconnected, we're all related sort of thing. And that's that's basically the imagery that I put in a lot of my designs.
0: So you and um, and the gentleman that you collaborated on, this was like your own project. You didn't do this um, through the team. So these are this is like your own product that you've designed and, and that you're selling, is that how it works?
3: Uh, so what it was is that this was something that I had Created, like I had created the logo and everything. So I, I had like, like all that, all the indigenous stuff that I had created, like, cause I, I, I kind of indigenized like a lot of, a lot of sports logos sort of thing. So I've done like a blue Jays logo. Uh, I have got like two or three different blue Jays. I've done the Raptors. I've just since just updated my Raptors logo with more of my the newer style that I got going on. And uh, I'm slowly bringing out designs that are just kind of my own sort of thing, but very logo centric because that's where, that's what I did. I loved logo designs. Uh, My day job, I work at a place that does hockey jerseys. Uh, I just did a design for somebody up in Yellowknife who had brought in a hand-drawn, Uh, Haida style uh, killer whale and it was just like wow I I have to redraw this thing so it's like (laughs) it's it's really neat like and and it's so technical too whereas like the woodland style is like is for me it's kind of like it's a chaos but I try to refine it so much you know and it's it's a little challenging sometimes but I I make it work.
0: (laughs) Have you um have you reached out I mean has have have you talked to the team about it what do they think do they like it have they seen it?
3: Uh, I believe people have seen seen the design um uh, I am in the works of trying to get a meeting with some people in MLSE um, but uh you know I'm not I'm not gonna hold my breath you know like you know if if it happens it happens if it does if if it does you know like great you know I get to have my foot in the door a little bit and see what happens okay but um you know.
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I, I really applaud your uh, your initiative to do this. It's really cool. I, I'm looking at it online also. You've got a, a Chicago Blackhawks logo that incorporates uh, the head of a hawk with arrows, and that's, or excuse me, with with feathers, and that one's super cool too. And and you mentioned how some of these other teams, that even the ones that don't necessarily have like native mascots, like the uh, the Canucks, they've got that that Salish design that they use uh the seahawks you know their logo has uh has a very respectful salish design it always has and then i don't know if you remember this but years ago uh the phoenix coyotes um they're 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 old. when they their team first moved to phoenix back in the 90s do you remember their logo had like a very native theme to it do you remember their their uniforms back in the day like in the 90s
3: oh yeah the Kachino logo and that's the logo right. that they use right now when they since they moved to the smaller arena
0: Okay. Yeah, and, uh, was... yeah.
3: That that was that was one of the ones that I actually kind of liked. I I never ended up getting one of those jerseys, but I, I actually really liked that one. Um, I mean, I I am I'm, I'm 47 years old, and I grew up in the day and age where it's like, uh, my my family liked the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, people, some people like watch the NFL sort of thing, and they they got drawn to they got drawn to the to the Redskins. Unfortunately, the name is bad logo i don't know about that you know like like it's kind of it's kind of a little distasteful as well but coming back from those days and age those are the only thing that was represented of first nations people back in those days so i think people were just taking gravity to it because that's that's all that's the only representation we had but nowadays things things seem to be changing there's teams out there trying to do things uh we got land acknowledgments i know they have it at in the what we have here is we have the canadian football league so in the cfl the toronto argonauts they have before every game i'm a season ticket holder and they they play land acknowledgments i see it um sometimes at the leaf games when i'm paying attention and i'm pretty sure they have it at like all the mlse events so uh it, it's it's getting it's gaining more traction i you know like i'm hoping it's not just the cause of the day but you know it's gaining traction and it's getting more we're getting more representation and i would love to see more jerseys made with that flair to it uh the raptors just had an indigenous night with uh, some great art that, that was put out by another artist that's on uh, that's on instagram uh, i forget his name but, but the art is just phenomenal and i was just like i really i really wish they had designed a jersey for it like uh like phoenix did like i looked online right now to see if uh, phoenix had jerseys to buy i almost bought one but they don't have bannock size like mm. come on <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm a big boy i need i need that
0: big jersey the other thing i want to ask you too is uh you know we're talking nba nhl we're, we're talking you know the, the big big sports leagues but up in canada you have that huge huge network of uh minor hockey leagues all those different developmental leagues and, and a lot of those teams. Have have native mascots and, and native brands? Have uh, have you connected with any of those teams or, or reimagined, re reshaped any of their designs or logos?
3: Uh, those I have not. Um, there was like, uh, like it, like in terms of like the Canadian Hockey League itself, where it's like the juniors. Uh, I I have not done any designs for any of those. I haven't reached out to any. I I've kind of heard rumblings that maybe there is a couple going on with with some of the teams uh i know that a lot of them have started changing their designs if they have an indigenous uh mascot to theirs um uh i think it was the moose jaw warriors had just changed it to like what is what is um the canadian forces snowbirds i don't know if you've ever seen them before air shows and stuff they have like the nine aircraft that are like red and white they do the aerial displays, so they just changed their logo from an Indian head to to that. So I, I think I think it's just it's changing now amongst the board. Um, I think uh, there's some AHL stuff like the Manitoba Moose. I remember seeing that they did a jersey and they use it in a game, um, which was really nice. Uh, I know the uh, Winnipeg Jets has a design, but they never use it in game which could, I would really love it that if these teams would start using indigenous designs in games which I think would be better than just having a pre-game warm-up and having the jerseys or just a logo on a white practice jersey sort of thing
0: mm-hmm. well that's what I, I think is so admirable about what the the Phoenix Suns are doing with just you know all the other elements the music and uh and, and just the whole production and, and just Taking this issue and, and addressing it from so many different angles, I think, is really really what needs to happen more and more with these sports teams. Uh, Mike, Big Nish Brand, where can I go, our listeners go to learn more about your brand and, and see your other work?
3: Well, if you just go to Instagram, it's just Big Nish Brand on Instagram right now. I, I'm still a small company. I, I do pretty much everything by myself. So i making the crests, putting them on shirts and stuff. So I usually just go to powwows and in-person events sort of thing, but uh, I am starting to get a little bit bigger. I'm still, I'm starting to think about expanding a little bit more. So I will be thinking about taking online orders somewhere down the road, probably in 2023.
0: Now, do you do other types of artwork, but besides the sports themed stuff or is that your main focus?
3: Uh, Right now it's, well at the beginning it's it was definitely sports oriented um i have done a few different things there's like i i have one that i call quasar so Quay was like for feminine okay. and um uh so quasar is a, is a is a female like um almost like captain marvel i made it sort of thing and it was like my first like full bodied person sort of thing that i drew in in this style and it came out really nice. Uh, I've done a couple of, um, uh, for our transit commission where I, I went to a, sh- a show for them and I, I did some like buses in a indigenous style. So I'm like taking like inanimate objects or like cars and stuff and like trying to indigenize things like that. So. <laughs>
0: all righty okay well this just sounds uh super fun super exciting congratulations and, and good luck to you and for our other two artists that are we're on the show today jeremy donovan arviso and patrick hunter uh we'll have uh info for for their artwork on our, our facebook page native america calling uh for listeners that want to learn more unfortunately we do have to wrap up now but let me thank our guests sean martinez jeremy donovan arviso patrick hunter and Mike Alvall for what's been an enlightening conversation on the intersection of sports team branding, Native culture, and art. Join us tomorrow for a look at the future of the Crazy Horse Memorial in South Dakota. I'm Sean Spruce. Thank you for listening to Native America Calling.
2: This Native American Heritage Month, remember, one in three Native American adults have high blood pressure. Check it at your nearest community health center. If the numbers are above 120 over 80, talk to a health care professional. Native community well-being is very important. You can take action by visiting heart.org slash HBPControl. This support provided in partnership with HHS OMH and HRSA under cooperative agreements CPIMP 211227 and CPIMP 211228. Adiji Healthcare Beni had Eli CMS Walyabethza Auto
5: Indian Healthcare Provider Bitch Abishba Didn't A site B Nasbas Nasbas That Assite B Naki Ishla Nast A Hastka Bishop and Sekizi Big Goea Healthcare dot gov Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services Dechana Elia